tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and straight up, got to tell you, whoever posted that uh, leg lamp on our, well, <laughs> it's just on our Facebook Mark, page. That's awesome. Tell me, it is. It, it's now they. It's it's an actual leg lamp, but it's like this is like the Big Bang Theory leg lamp. <laughs> it really is when you think about it. Is, it. <laughs> yeah, it, which is funny. You know, it's a Star Wars leg lamp. I've uh-huh. never seen something like this. Yep, it's it's awesome. I I believe that was Harlan. I'm scrolling back. I've been, okay. I've been sitting here while we've yeah. been chatting. I've been That's scrolling, okay. but yeah. the, I think it was Harlan Whitfield that did that. <laughs> well, thank you, Harlan. Yeah. We, we appreciate it, man. You, you made our day. So there you go. It's now, priceless. <laughs> the biggest battle now, okay, is because of Christmas uh, falling on a Sunday, mm-hmm. the next week as a work week is going to be really rough because yeah. people aren't going to know exactly when to take off because we got Friday, which you know, a week from today is Festivus. Right. And, that in and of itself um, requires a couple of days off, I think, ahead of time. <laughs> and when you add in travel and everything else, you're really looking at just being off the rest of the year. Right, but yeah. Th- there's something wrong with that, Mark. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, I mean. Again, we shared this before. Mark and I one time decided we're not bringing vacation days right, during yeah. the holiday, Christ- you know, during mm-hmm. Christmas because, well, with, when my kids were young, they slept in. I mean, right. they were kids, okay? And so if you can imagine during their teen years, dude, I would get up and go to work, you know, when they were on holiday. And mm. if, if we didn't have a long day, just mm. went in, did the show or whatever, which right. is the case during Christmas, that would be it. I would get home before they got up, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I would have already worked an eight-hour day, and they'd still be in the bed. So we just opted to do that one year, and it was so cool because nobody worked, man. <laughs> nobody. It was like. Yeah, the, the couple of you know, it was weird because I thought, well, surely they'll work for a few days. Nah, yeah. didn't even pretend. No. Well, you want to talk about the no office tension, no office uh, politics, no, I mean, no stress, no nothing. You just go in, mm-hmm. do the show, and leave. You know, yeah, that's awesome. But I it was say, like the dream we signed up for when we got into radio. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Hey, let's get up and go to work and play. You know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> without all of the stress. But that's what right. it was like. But uh, the stress is always caused by people. You know, it sure other is. People. It's everybody with their own little agendas trying to oh, rule God. their little fiefdoms. It's just you know, oh. uh, it's just kind of weird. But if you're thinking about trying to get some time off for Festivus, I would encourage you just to learn a lesson. Harry, I need the 23rd off. Hey, I hired you to work during the holidays. This is the holidays. But it's Festivus. What? (laughs) You're infringing on my right to celebrate new holidays. That's not a right. (laughs) Just keep that in mind. Radio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And uh, boy, oh boy, kind of pulling out the plug early, aren't you? You know, Mark, every once in a while, you just have to jump right into the show and mm-hmm. say, thank you for the leg lamp. And here's an, uh, it's a major award. Guinness it, records, man. Uh, it's, and then it's not just any Guinness award. There we go. That's it. Well, when the dude sets up to just do things to break Guinness, records. Yep. Records man, Guinness. Records man. Hey, those stunts for education have brought you worldwide fame. I don't know, dog. It's a little pitchy for me. 
Um, an Idaho man with more than 250 Guinness World Record titles has uh, to his name has broken another record by folding 31 T-shirts in one minute. You do you, David Rush. And that's David who breaks Guinness World Records to promote STEM education. He says he decided mm. to take on another T-shirt-related record after previously earning titles for hanging T-shirts in a minute and putting on the most T-shirts in a minute. That was one not long ago that I don't think we covered. Yeah, he put on, it was crazy. He put on just I don't know how many T-shirts in one minute. <laughs> he looked like the kid from a Christmas story. Couldn't put his arms down, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it was I remember that one. That was funny, but wait a minute. I'm folding t-shirts. Yeah, in one minute. The so, number in one minute, yeah. Zero. Who folds t-shirts? <laughs> That's the whole point of t-shirts. You're, well, you're folding them? What are you, you're ironing your underwear, too. Is that what we're right. dealing with here? That's right, Sheldon. He irons his jeans. Yes. Have you remember in the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon's got his little t-shirt yeah. folder. He's got the little plastic. Yeah. He lays it on there, fold, 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 flip. You know, mm-hmm. but, and, but he didn't have the, the benefit of having the t-shirt folder. He just had to do the folds. The record to beat was 23 and rush said he experimented with different techniques to determine the fastest way to fold. The record breaker said he ultimately landed. See, there we go. This is what they do. This is like, uh, uh, this is like canine and feline and things like that. The record breaker said he ultimately mm-hmm. landed. It, it, okay. Mr. Rush said he ultimately landed on the method of fold one arm in, then the other, then the bottom, which is uh, pretty much how I think anybody would do it. The technique allowed him to successfully break the record by folding 31 shirts in one minute. All right. Now, how many of us are going to go home and see how long it takes to do one? Mm. Because I'm going to be honest, folding a T-shirt is ridiculous, Mark. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, the t-shirts that I wear, I, okay, I fold them, but not like I'm spending any time on it. Exactly. There. Yeah. Right. It's like how small can I make this to get in the drawer? And it really depends on mm-hmm. how many. How oh, this is nuts. And then hanging them up? No. No. <laughs> oh, who I, hangs t-shirts? I remember the first time I went to Ladonna's house, and uh, it was like, but you know, before we were dating, and I yeah. went to her house, and I was kind of looking around a little bit, and I thought. I wonder if she owns coat hangers. Mm. She's got piles of clothes on the floor. I'm like, what's, you know, and I said, is laundry day coming up? She goes, no, I couldn't find anything to wear this morning. I'm like, look, my Mount Vesuvius over here. LifeRadio.fm. Mark and Mac show, just kind of cruising along, singing a song, feeling like holiday is here. Mm-hmm. And it is to a degree. I mean, yeah, you know, this is. is the time where everything in the radio industry shuts down today. Actually, yes, on the 15th of December, it pretty much is gone. Yeah. There are no music charts, nothing, you know, right. because in a pick back up the second week of January. Yeah. So from a radio perspective, this is the time where it, you don't have to deal with any phone calls from music reps or anything else, you know? <laughs> and yeah. I, I Anyway, it's just that time of year where you really can. And this is actually, it was this time of year, Mark, that actually is the reason I can only imagine became a hit. Mm. It's amazing how the holidays played a major part in that song becoming a hit nationwide. Wow. It's just, it's all right. Well, what happened? We played it in Birmingham. Okay. When I can only imagine it came out by Mercy Me. It was from the Worship Project album that they recorded at their home church in Texas. Right. And the song I can only imagine was released as a single. And yet... We had a rule at DJC that, um, you know, it, it had to be on a major label. You know, it had right. to be accessible in record stores because yeah. had every, to be able every to buy church, Walmart, yeah, that thing, yeah. yeah. Or actually, we, it was not even that. We had it so that as long as it was in 
a national Christian bookstore, okay. you know, like Lifeway, something like that. And the reason was really simple. Most of our small churches by the late nineties had the ability to record, um, uh, you know, music and, right. and burn yeah. a DVD or CD rather. So you had people that were putting out music from their choir with their soloists and they mm. thought it was, and it was fine, you know, but it wasn't quite up to snuff with what we were playing on the air. There's the difference. And in order to not be impolite, you know, to be rude to people, we just said, this, these are the rules. And Mercy Me didn't actually meet that requirement, okay, with mm, the Worship yeah. Project. Right. But Ronnie Bruce came and he said, Dave, look, there's a song. And he goes, I want you to hear it. Um, they are available in Lifeway. This, this album is in Lifeway, but they don't have a national deal with anybody. Um, but I, I, you, you guys know them, you know. You, Mercy Me has been out with you guys a couple of different times at different events you've been at. And anyway, that's why we played, I can only imagine, at DJC. It was Ronnie Bruce added it in. He thought it went, and all credit goes to him, you know, because he's the one to listen to that. Most music directors didn't. And uh, as evidenced by the fact that only three, only three radio stations in North America played that song mm. when it was originally released, okay? A lot of people claim it. Only three did. Yeah. It became such a monster hit in Birmingham, though. A monster hit that Mercy Me, to give you an example, we had them here uh, in, had them in Birmingham at a thing for us because they were loved us because, you know, they got this huge hit record in Birmingham. Yeah. Nobody else is playing it. So they were in Atlanta uh, doing an in-store sign uh, thing at Lifeway. And like, I think 20 people showed up. It mm. might not have been 20. Okay. And then the next day they were here in Birmingham for us and we yeah. had them. You happened to be out that day. That yeah. was the thing you were out and we had them at Lifeway for a thing where we met with a bunch of uh, 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 clients, advertisers mm. yeah. and had a little thing for them there. And then we went over to Lifeway to do an actual, uh, they played live and we recorded it, which is how I came to be the owner of the, uh, back then, the only <laughs> live version of, I can only imagine. Yeah. And it's actually a 15 minute long set that Bart and the guys did right there in Lifeway. And I'm going to tell you what, you want to have church at Lifeway invite yeah. mercy me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Even now I get chill bumps telling you that. But while we were there, you know, it was our number one song of the year in Birmingham. Okay. They'd played to 20 people in Atlanta. The next day, they come to Birmingham, and we had so many people. The fire marshal showed up and said, all right, there's 1,500 people in the store, Dave. You guys got to get it down to 300. Yeah. I'm like, really? How do you, what? <laughs> what? What do you want me to do? Move them outside? I mean, anyway, so the long story short is on that day, okay, I'm talking to uh, – we had become friends with the guys. Mark and I had. They'd been in, on the show a bunch, and we'd seen them out, so – we had developed a, a, a decent relationship and Bart pulled me off to the side when we were at Lifeway before we, I mean, at, yeah, uh, save a life rather. Um, we were at save a life with the clients and we had a little luncheon and Bart pulls me off. He said, Dave, I gotta ask you to pray for something. And when Bart asks you to pray, he's being serious. I'm like, okay, what's up? And he said, Amy Grant wants to record. Oh yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. And, um, he said, we're, we're debating, you know, whether to let her do it. And I was like, why would you, you know? And he said, Amy Grant. And mm -hmm. I said, okay. And this is professionally speaking here by the early two thousands, Amy, you know, she was not somebody who released a Christian song every day that went to the top five, mm -hmm. you know, her career wasn't at that point anymore. And my suggestion was, well, you know what? You, you've got to do what God tells you to do. Bart, you wrote it. You know, I can't tell you. And he said, it will just be accessible to so many more people, you know? If she records it, nobody knows us. Everybody knows her. And so from that standpoint, I understood it. So th think about it. This is in the fall of 2000, October of 2000. The months go on and Amy, he does, they do allow Amy to record it. They're pretty excited. Amy goes in. Now, by this time, 
INO, based on the strength of, I can only imagine in Birmingham, INO Records signs Mercy Me by the early spring of the, in winter of 2001. Amy does her version of I Can Only Imagine, but it's, you know, the piano starts at the beginning. Yeah. Hers isn't, isn't a guitar using a guitar instead of a piano. Mm. And, and it's a fine version. There's nothing wrong with it, but it didn't capture the song written by Bart. Yeah. And so the spring is supposed to be released and it keeps getting bumped back. Not released, not released. Meanwhile, Bart and, and the guys go in and they record their first album for INO records. And it has their version of I Can Only Imagine, which by the way, that's the record that became the hit. Mm. The version that we played, I think, is much better, yeah. much purer. Yeah, the Sunday the School Real they, version, yeah. Yes, I think it's much better, but that's just me. So they go in and record, I can only imagine, on their album. The album was, I think, Bless Me Indeed. Well, anyway, here we are. Amy still hasn't released the song. It's August of 2001. INO releases the lead, the track from the album, Bless Me Indeed. And it is what in the industry is called a stiff, okay? Mm. So August of 2001, Mercy Me, on their first national label deal, release a song that becomes a stiff. It doesn't chart. Didn't get enough ads. And to be honest with you, it's a fine song, but it's not a hit record. Yeah. So now, this is August. September, October. One year before, we got Mercy Me in Birmingham, and they're talking about letting Amy Grant record the song. Here we are a year later. She has recorded it, hasn't released it, and... Their first record has now been shelved. Mm. The album promotion is all gone because Bless Me Indeed stiffed. And I'm talking to Bart, okay? And he said, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I, I think the album hasn't done what they'd hoped. I think we're going to get dropped, you know. We're gonna, mm. The contract only lasts till January. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. Why won't they release I Can Only Imagine? And he said, well, you know, um, Amy's version, whatever. So think about this. It's October they won't release Mercy Me's version of I Can Only Imagine. We had played it so much the year before in 2000. It was our number one song of the year. Most played song of the year. So the first two weeks of November, I'm talking to Ronnie Bruce, who's the music director at DJC. And I said, who's the label guy at INO? Just give me his, give me his number. So I call up to him and I said, dude, if you release I Can Only Imagine, I'll play it. DJC was now the number one Christian radio station in America, the Mark and Mac show, the number one Christian morning show in America. Yeah. We did carry a little bit of clout. And he said, Dave, um, we're not going to do anything with it. And, you know, and I said, let's do this. Why don't you release it in the middle of November? Just, you're not planning on, you've got it in the can. You've shelved the album. Just release the single. I can only imagine by mercy me. Amy's version still hasn't come out by this time. And I said, you know, you guys waited. You didn't release it. Why don't you do it now during the holidays? You only have to work it for three weeks, okay? So that's what happened. They released it the week before Thanksgiving. The record industry shuts down by December 15th. So they only working the record means they send it out to the radio stations and they make calls to, to guys, hey, play it, you know? Uh, they, and they say, well, so-and-so in Houston and so-and-so in Atlanta, they're playing it, blah, blah, blah. In this case, it happened to be, well, DJC in Birmingham is re-adding it. That's how much they believe in the song. Well, that's what happened. By the time that three-week period between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the song charted. Not charted a little bit, but it was heading up, I mean, huge. So much so that a lot of radio stations played it during the Christmas holidays just because they wanted to. And when the new year kicked off, they had a hit. Wow. That's the actual story of how that song became a hit and how DJC 
played a song for an entire year. <laughs> it became their most played song of the year in 2000. And yeah. then I had to add it back in in December of 2001. I had, and I did. I had, yeah. And by the way, didn't just add it back on the late. I put it in in heavy rotation. Yep. And people were going, why are y'all playing that so much again? Isn't that old? <laughs> I had people asking like, me, do you guys have any other songs besides? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I will tell you. <laughs> that it was uh, it was pretty painful, you know, yeah. to go through that in terms of radio. And it, from my standpoint of who I, it really did, but it didn't hurt us that bad. Right. That was my yeah. whole thing. It doesn't hurt bad because it's the holidays. I can get yeah. away with it. It's a non-rated period, and that's why we did it. That's why we agreed to it. I held up my end of the bargain, and they worked it. And that's how the song ended up becoming a hit. But all credit to two people, Ronnie Bruce, you know, for actually playing it the first time. Yeah. And then I'm taking credit for the, me calling the label because I know what I did. Wow. That's why in the movie about Bart Millard, um, they actually did mention DJC and said, send the guy, you know, what yeah, yeah. candy Some bar. Yeah, yeah, chocolate, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because it was, a, my thing was always Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And wow. even though they didn't get that right, Trace Atkins did say, I think a Snickers bar or whatever. But yeah, they made I mean, a deal out of it, uh, and that's why. Wow. So there you go. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> the rest of the story. Thank you, Mr. Harvey. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and we gotta use ned flanders as our voiceover guy you know <laughs> all right mark that's just wrong. um northern california woman's missing dog right hmm wait a yeah. minute do you remember the casey Kasem thing about the dog story yes the I lost do. dog mm -hmm. all right for years you remember for years there was this rumor in radio circles that there was a casey Kasem tape of him losing his cookies during yeah. a, a taping session for american top 40 right and i'd heard about it i just didn't think it was true mm -hmm. you know i thought it was funny funny story somebody told yeah. but then when the internet became mm -hmm. you know after after al gore created it it <laughs> did get wings and worked and so right I remember hearing it, and the first time I actually heard that outtake, it made so much more sense. Oh, my goodness, yeah. you know? Mm. So, anyway, it holds up, and it's true. So, here we right. go. Mm. Northern California woman's dog. Yep. Heather Reichert, uh, Reichert uh, finds strays in her Kansas pasture all the time. But something told her this one was different. She says, I went out to the pasture to see what our dog was barking at and found him. She brought the dog, who's named Zeppelin. That's cruel. Mm. Uh, to the Wildcat Vet Clinic in Lewisburg. They were able to identify Zeppelin through his microchip. It turns out that Zeppelin's home is 1,625 miles away in Sacramento, hmm. California. His owner, Sandra O'Neill, got to see Zeppelin on FaceTime. It was the first time she'd seen him since he went missing 14 months ago. Wow. She, she said hope was never fully lost. The day before he was found, she sent up a prayer for his return. She says, I drove by the last place I saw him and said a little prayer. I said, I hope you make it home someday. Well, the very next day, I got a call. They found him. Wow. Now comes the long track home. Complete strangers are already jumping on board to be part of this journey, driving Zeppelin from Kansas to California. And a, a request has been put in for Pilot for Paws to fly him home even sooner. <laughs> that option would be completely free. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a good story, but I want to know the Paul Harvey on that one, Mark. You know? <laughs> you want, you want. No. <laughs> the rest of the story. How? <laughs> that's a long way. How? Yeah. That's what a 1,625 miles. I'm thinking this could be a bolt, too, you know? <laughs> I'm thinking this. I'm thinking this dog is a hitchhiker. 
and got picked up <laughs> along the way and is traveling to see the country. And now Zeppelin realizes, what, I got to go back to Sacramento? So the dude ran away from home. The yeah. dude ran away from home. That's he changed right. his social security card. He got a new ID and he's living, you know, thought he was fine. They ratted him out. And she's sitting there thinking, stupid microchip. Yeah. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark the other day um you know you have that like 10 minute window to you don't have anything going on and you've got a few minutes you sit down on the couch you go i'm gonna turn tv on for a minute yeah turn it on and all of a sudden i have this urge to watch the jim carrey grinch movie oh okay oh really which hmm. 10 minutes with it is a little too long but <laughs> still i i did and it was funny because I, it's right at the beginning part, and he's like eating an onion raw. You know? Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, so when I saw this, I thought, well, there you go. Now I know how the guy got the idea. Yep, yep. Well, several motorists who were speeding through an elementary school zone on the Florida Keys overseas highway received an um, odorous onion as a reminder <laughs> to slow down from a county sheriff's deputy dressed as the Grinch. <laughs> Colonel Lou Caputo, he's a 37-year-old, a 37-year veteran of the Monroe County Sheriff's Office who conjured up the concept more than 20 years ago, is back on the streets Tuesday. Drivers who travel about five miles per hour or less above the school zone's speed limit can choose between traffic citations and an onion presented by the Grinch. Those speeding wow. beyond that likely receive a costly ticket. Caputo said it's about education, awareness, uh, that our school zones are still operating even though it's the holiday season. We want people to slow down. Caputo said that he portrays the fictional character created by children's author Dr. Seuss to give motorists a gift, but also to call attention in a nice way to the need to obey speed limits in school zones. It catches them off guard, he says, but when I give them a clear choice of a citation or the onion, they will take the onion, and I've had them eat the onion right in front of me. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Give me the ticket, boy. I'm good. No. Mm-mm. About five miles over the speed limit? Come on, man. Really? I mean, you're talking about 25 mile an hour usually, right? Mm. Or 15. Yeah, the, the signs <laughs> usually say 35, and then they have flashers. When it's down yeah. to flashing, it's down to 15 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, interesting that he chooses that, but hmm. I, I'm not a speeder. So it dri- what drives me crazy is when I'm in the right-hand lane right. on the freeway doing the speed limit uh-huh. and I get somebody up behind me flashing their lights like I'm supposed to speed up. So you're telling me to break the law. That's like if we're standing behind one another at the grocery store right. and you're tired of waiting. So you just go out the door with your groceries. You're yeah. just going to break the law. Yeah. I'm not going to break the law for you. Why would I? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, well, that's why there's a, a passing lane, a left lane. Go. Yes. Go. Use Here's it. the thief lane. Go. Yeah. You know, you're going down this lane. You want to, <laughs> you want to break the law. You're going to speed. Why are you speeding? Cause you stole from the bank. Okay. You know, at some point in time, we got to have the cop lane. So you mm-hmm. have the speeding lane, the stupid lane, the cop lane. There you go. Take your pick. <laughs> Last week on a, on a trip up to Huntsville with my mom, we, uh, we, we're tooling along and I, I tend to just go with the flow of the traffic. Right. I, I just, you know, it's just, I just go with the flow on the, on the interstate and, yeah. uh, and uh, it starts backing up, backing up. I'm thinking, ah, great. There's trucks up there. There's two trucks, two, two semis side by side, mm. you know, mm. and everybody's yeah. piled up behind them. Nope. State trooper. 
they're the state trooper. He's doing 54 and a half or whatever, you know, oh, wow. he's doing exactly yeah. 55 miles an hour. And everybody is just, he's got this parade of <laughs> angels behind him. You know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark very quickly i know we're heading in towards the end of the year and things are a little different for us and, and i'm cool with that but you ever wonder what happened to aunt b you know from the andy Griffith show <laughs> she uh, retired to this place in, in north carolina a little town of siler city okay which okay, yeah. kind of be like uh mount pilot you know in the andy Griffith show mm-hmm. which was named after rocky mount but anyway she retired to siler city a beautiful little town in north carolina and um she became the cat lady okay <laughs> she had cats uh a lot of cats oh my. Uh, a lot a lot of cats and so whenever we have a cat lady story i think of ann b mm-hmm. having you know francis B- i don't know how you ever pronounce her last name bouvier i think it's bouvier bouvier yeah, anyway so. francis bouvier better known as ann b mm-hmm. so there you go crazy <laughs> wow. cat lady story well two women got an unexpected surprise when they were arrested for trapping and feeding cats over the summer 85-year-old Beverly Roberts and 61-year-old Mary Alston were found guilty on four criminal charges Tuesday. And this happened here in Alabama in Wetumpka. A Wetumpka City judge sentenced both to two years of unsupervised probation and 10 days in jail. The sentence of 10 days in jail was suspended. Both women were also ordered to pay $100 fines along with court costs. Roberts was found guilty of criminal trespassing and disorderly conduct. Alston was convicted of criminal trespassing and interfering with governmental operations. The charges come from an interaction that Roberts and Alston had with police over feeding stray cats. Their attorneys tried to show the court the women were animal lovers and had been using their own money to pay for spay and neuter operations and adoption processes of the stray cats. Police Chief Greg Benton disagreed according to the Montgomery Advertiser, and said the women were creating a nuisance by feeding the cats. Quote, when you feed cats, more cats come to the area. If they had heeded those warnings, they would not have been arrested. Officer Jason Crumpton was, a, was the arresting officer and testified he didn't intend to arrest the women, but he said they'd given him no choice after they refused to leave the area. I looked into this, okay? Yeah. Um, the other day. Mainly because in my other life, I do a lot of crime-related stuff, and I saw this story, and I thought, i got to figure out what happened, okay? Because usually, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, I thought it was going to be a protest of some sort, mm-hmm. you know, that led to this. Nope. And it really was. They, they gave them every opportunity to stop, you know? Right. You're, on, you're making this area horrible. Mm-hmm. Stop. Um, it's the same reason we have those signs. If you go into, uh, what, you know, the Na- Talladega National Forest yeah, over here. Yeah, don't feed uh, the animals, yeah. They become dependent on it, yeah. and they will expect it, and that's bad for them. When you feed feral cats, I don't know what they do because they're feral, but they go back out to where they hang out at night, and they have a meeting playing <laughs> cards. One guy says, I know where you get the best food. Two old ladies, let's go over here, and boom. You had four yesterday. Today you got eight, and that's yeah. what they have, and, they, and they'd been told, please stop. Here's what they, they were even given the reason. Mm-hmm. Please stop. Here's why. And weren't fine. They weren't ticketed. I mean, I looked at days. I thought, well, surely they had warnings and things. No, no. And then, ma'am, you're going to have to leave. Okay. This is, it's my money. It's my time. Blah, blah, blah. And right. they yeah. basically got the cuffs. I wouldn't yep. have wanted to be the guy putting the cuffs on them. I know. Yeah. 
but oh. you know, that's why there's, there's so much more to this story yeah. and, and none of it's good. Look, I don't like feral cat. I don't like, I don't like people mistreating you know, dogs and cats that are supposed to be pets and mistreating is to allow them to uh, reproduce uh, without a control. Mm. It's bad. I mean, it, it's unnecessary. Yeah. So as we head into Christmas where some people will decide, Hey, I think I'll give somebody a, a dog or a cat for Christmas. Rethink it, you know, mm. find out who they, what they really want and do yeah. that. If you're, you're handing somebody a dog or a cat for Christmas, you're handing them a multi-year responsibility that they might not want. Mm. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, yes. we've had a, a Grinch onion story. Mm-hmm. We've had cat ladies. We've had a Guinness Book of World Records. This is a pretty full show. I feel like we're repeating yeah. ourselves by adding in another Grinch story, but it is oh, Christmas time. So sure. here we go. Yep. The Grinch came early for an Arizona driver who tried to pass off an inflatable figure of the Dr. Seuss character as a passenger. <laughs> The Arizona Department of Public Safety says a state trooper last week noticed a car in a high-occupancy vehicle lane on Interstate 10 in Phoenix with a suspicious-looking green passenger. Oh, suspicious? Come on, Mark. I don't write this stuff. You did that for me. I know you did. (laughs) While the gag may have caused the officer's heart to grow, it did not stop the driver from getting cited for being in the HOV lane during a restricted time. Wow. (laughs) Uh, But the... uh, the agency couldn't help but post a photo of the Grinch figure in the driver's with the driver's face blurred on its Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Officials say they appreciate the festive flair, but the driver's action was still illegal. They're urging motorists to follow the traffic laws. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> and I know this is just me. Mm-hmm. I don't think of Phoenix as being so big that it needs that. I really don't. Yeah. But think about it. Phoenix is big enough. They've got, you know, Major League, uh, they've got the NBA team, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I, uh, I guess, I don't know. I'm so bad on geography when it comes yeah. to the uh, size of cities. Yeah. I've lived all over the place, so I just don't think of it being that way. But it is, mm. you know? I, just, it's, I almost got... Go ahead. I just I got popped in Atlanta one time. Mm-hmm. I almost did. I was actually in the wrong lane, okay? But I was trying to go somewhere, and... I didn't know what lane to get in. So I'm trying to figure out while I'm going down the road mm. and all the while I'm going, boy, I got this lane is awesome. And why are these people not getting there? Well, Hey, too bad for them. I'll get in it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't have rut row. Well, I yeah. know the first time I ever encountered it, um, uh, the HOV lane was one of our trips to California. Uh, and we went from, uh, we went from, Anaheim to uh, San Diego. We were going down to visit a friend oh, yeah. that worked at uh, at the the park down there, SeaWorld, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm going. Wow, this oh 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 this is the HOV lane, and it was me and Jane and another and another young lady who was with the group we'd gone to visit with, and mm-hmm. so, so so there's three of us in the car. I said, Woohoo, we're in, baby! <laughs> wow, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> growing up there i know that i know that route i know where you were and i yeah. remember back in the 70s people having like mannequin heads yes. that they would put, put in i remember that as a kid uh-huh. funny mm. life radio.fm it's the mark and mac show and when i see this story every year we have it okay mm-hmm. when i see it i know that it's just for me but i've never quite figured out 
Is it sarcasm? Is it humor? It, you know, people do this to me all the time. They'll send me stories about chemtrails, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, are you sending it to me to be funny? Or are you sending it to me to be, hey, Dave, look at this. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's right down that line of, I'm not sure. But if you're mocking, you know, okay. Well, I mean. You mock what we don't understand. If, I get you. But if, if I was mocking, we already would have had this. There you go. Right? That's the mm-hmm. thing. But I didn't. I didn't. So. Okay. Thank you. you. Take, take that for what it's worth. I mean, because it's just because we're talking about UFOs. I mean, it's just, it doesn't mean we're mocking. I'm seriously. The you saw in the sky was not a UFO. Swamp gas from a weather balloon was trapped in a thermal pocket and refracted the light from Venus. That's your story? Um, <laughs> Roswell, known for its association with extraterrestrial matters, will have two big UFO-themed events next year. Just in wow. case you're interested. The Roswell Daily Record reported Tuesday that the city has negotiated to host the second annual UFO Expo in the spring. The three-day event was previously held in Florida. The extraterrestrial extravaganza includes a film festival, cosplay panels, uh, cosplay panels on UFOs, and live music. Well, that should be a treat. It'll be held mm-hmm. <laughs> March 10th through 12th. This is on top of the city's UFO festival every summer. Roswell officials hope the UFO Expo can be another flagship event that draws visitors during uh, spring break season. Ideally, the festivals will complement each other. Roswell's annual UFO festival is a significant revenue source. In October, an, an, an analysis by the city found this year's event had a $2 million direct economic impact. More than 40,000 people showed up. That's substantial. You know? It is. It is. Although I do question moving UFO Expo from Florida to Roswell, New Mexico during <laughs> spring break. <laughs> I mean, Florida is where people are going. So if you can mix Florida and aliens for spring break, you've got a winning combo there. You know what I mean? During spring break <laughs> at night? Yeah, you probably could convince a few people they've seen something shiny in the sky, you know? <laughs> The Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show, and you know we're we're at the end of the year, Mark. Come on, I know, yeah. (laughs) It's you know the the one thing though, just to be very clear. We have folks listening all over the place. We tell you where we are, you yeah. know. Um, and we have had, in the month of December, we actually had temperatures in the low 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had temperatures, you know, in the 20s. Yep. And it's only the middle of the month. <laughs> so <laughs> yesterday, Hannah actually said out loud, I couldn't find bread or milk at the store yesterday. Oh, Come at one specific. And I'm like, why? She goes, well, they're talking about snow for Christmas. Oh, and I said, no Christmas. It, really? It's 10 days. away. Well, come on. You, yeah. You, a week and a half. And you can't do that in Alabama. You no. can't, you know, James Spann, our yeah. weather meteorologist extraordinaire says 24 hours, pretty accurate. 48 hours. Not so much. Yeah. 72 hours. Voodoo land. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the extended forecast right now, yeah. uh, for, right. you know, uh, seven days from today, mostly sunny skies, a 6% mm-hmm. chance of precipitation. The, right. hot, the high, 26. They, oh. Yeah. The, the overnight low the night before, 13. 
What? Yep. Now, and this is for when? This is for a week from today. Yeah. A week from yesterday, the high 41 going down to 13 overnight with a 35% chance of showers that morning, but not later in the day. What'll happen yeah. is all that cloud cover will pass and yeah. then boom, we've got the cold sure. behind it. Right. All right. But wait a minute. So on Festivus, you're telling me. That on Festivus, mm-hmm. if we stick, if we take the pole outside and yep. try to stick our tongue to the pole, it, we might end up being Christmas Story three. Do not do that. No. All right. Yeah. Have you seen that new Christmas Story thing they've done? Yeah, I did. I watched the Christmas Story uh, uh, Christmas the other night. Yeah. And I, it tries really hard, okay. but it's cringy. It, it okay. just, I mean, it, well, you know, if, okay, I may, if I may Christmas quote someone, story. if I may quote Randy, just, just, it's a little cringy for me, dog. I mean, it just, yeah. it just is, you know, gotcha. they tried well, really hard. And in the end, the, I, I will say this, the end is worth the trip, I think, but the trip is really kind of rough if you know comedy. Okay. Well, you've got the first story, you know, the Christmas story, which, right. you know, all about, you know, Ralphie getting the uh, Red Rider BB gun. Mm-hmm. Which again, gotta add, I got one for Christmas when I was a kid. Yeah. And all my other friends, my my brother, you know, the same year he got it because my brother's two years older than me. So I can't imagine. It must have stunk for him because he gets this, you know, gun and I get a gun at the same time <laughs> where two kid, years earlier he couldn't brother, get one, yes. you know? Yeah. So he gets this but his his was the Daisy BB gun pellet, you know, oh. uh, dual thing. Oh, and Ooh. you could pump it. You know, it was the pump action where you pumped it, you know, a couple times mm-hmm. and, you know, three, four five times. And it might, it, it won't really break cardboard, but it'll come close. Mm-hmm. You pump it 10 times, you can kill a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, and exactly, you know, so we had rules, but I, and I got the red rider. Now the red rider, it was cool. And from a parent standpoint, Dave, this is a much higher quality, you know, BB gun. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the Daisy brand, yeah, it might shoot harder, but it's got a plastic stock. The mm, Red Rider yeah. was wood. Yeah. And I didn't know that, you know, okay, watching Christmas Story, when I finally saw it and realized it's from the, you know, late 30s, early 40s, it's actually set in 40, what, one, two, three, somewhere Something in there. Something like that, yeah. And the Red Rider BB gun was a thing. Well, for my mom, okay. Picking out the Red Rider BB gun for me, she was doing something she remembered from her own childhood. Right, that this was a yeah. cool thing. She sees it. I'll get this for Dave. Not realizing that the Red Rider BB gun technology had not improved since the 40s, and you can actually <laughs> see the BB come out of the barrel and die off. You know? Yes, you can. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that's what I got. I think that's the kind of BB gun we had. My brother and I had when yeah. we were kids. Is those? But yeah. you you could you could only. I think you had like one pump, and that was it. You know, you cock the thing, and and you got that's right. what you got. And the kid down the street who always gets all the cool toys, had the nicest right. bike and all that stuff. There's he's always got, one. He's got the pellet gun, right? And oh, he's yeah. he pump, yeah. pump, 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 and he's you know he's picking off flies off your shoulder, and you're thinking ah, yep. but he's you know. Mm. We never had anything. But that's like, where like that, in yeah. the movie, the first Christmas story movie about Ralphie getting the Red Rider BB right. gun, very cool. Then they did. There was a sequel to that. I didn't see. Yes. And then they did. Now the new one is uh, Peter Billingsley. Now as an adult, yeah, Ralphie, he, he's the dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, so uh, there you go. So, I'm to, get, so it's it's all. Do I watch it or it's, not? It's very Clark Griswoldish. It's because he's uh, trying really hard to have the perfect family Christmas. And, uh, okay. and that's kind of the whole thing. And everything's falling apart. He's a struggling writer, yeah. doesn't have any money. Mm. You know, fight, they go <laughs> wow. out shopping. They go to Higby's, the department store. <laughs> they went they go from sh- preaching to meddling real quick exactly. on that one, that's didn't they? That's right, yeah. They, so they've got, they've got a budget set aside <laughs> just for Christmas to get exactly what the kids ask for. And right. then everything goes wrong. Okay, and I'm going to so have to watch it. It's it's not bad. But the, the Imagine, though, moments, being the... Yeah. 
I was going to say, LaDonna never allowed. She always told the kids what they were getting. She always did. Yeah, I don't get that. It drove me crazy. Yeah. I mean, around our house, it was always a secret, and it was a very tightly kept secret. And mm-hmm. my brother and I had a thing <laughs> where we would we would disguise our gifts. I Like, we would wrap other things inside the paper alongside yeah. the gift so you couldn't tell what it was. Right. So if it's just a box... And like, let's say it's a box. It's a puzzle. You can shake it and tell it's a puzzle. Okay. Well, it's a bunch of puzzle pieces. That's a puzzle. I know what that is. But if it's got say a section of a model rocket taped to the outside of the box and you shake it, you're going, it sounds like a puzzle, but it can't be. It's the wrong shape, you know? (laughs) And that was an ongoing thing for us. We were always disguising our gifts. So you couldn't guess what we were getting each other. And that was straight up honest with you. If anybody, when I was a kid, if anybody gave me a puzzle as a present, we'd had a fight. Just an illustration. It could have been anything, but still, you know. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And I'm Mark, when I saw the headline for this, my first thought, and I mean this, my first thought was Demolition Man <laughs> with the <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, Wesley yeah. Snipes, and you know, uh, the restaurant, the fast food wars or whatever, restaurant wars where Taco Bell won. Yeah. And so now every restaurant is called Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm thinking, man throws epic KFC party for girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Guy in the UK. Immediately. So- how do you go epic and KFC party, you know? Well, it's a different country, Dave. It just... <laughs> Ex-girlfriend is what it would end up being in the U.S. <laughs> this guy in the UK surprised his girlfriend with a KFC-themed birthday party, including a custom gravy fountain and bucket of chicken that is actually a cake 28 year old david goodings wanted to make sure that his partner Gemma had a 30th birthday party to remember so he pulled out all the stops knowing that her favorite food is kfc he decided to throw her a party themed entirely around the colonel he hid pieces of fried chicken and a bouquet of flowers he ordered a 10-piece bucket and designed a special graphic to go on the tv but he didn't stop there he also sourced a chocolate fountain and modified it to work with kfc gravy (laughs) and he had a cake made to look like a bucket of their signature chicken (laughs) i'd like to see that cake okay yeah I actually but, like in the pictures that go with this article in the pictures, yeah. he's holding the cake. And at mm-hmm. first glance, I, I'm looking at the picture before I start skimming through the article yeah. and I look at it and think, oh, he's holding the bucket of chicken. No, right. He's holding the cake. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get hung up on those videos on YouTube, you know, yes. where it shows stuff and, and granted, I'm, mean, there are some where you're going, do not touch that puppy with that knife, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. The cakes that look <laughs> but, so real. Yes. Yeah. But come on, man. I, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, so I'm with you. I mean, here's the thing. We've had KFC here in the U.S. for so long that nowadays KFC is like, well, there's nothing else open. You know, so yep. that's what it's kind of like for us. I had a business partner that owned 13 mm-hmm. KFC franchises, and he they were working on something one day, and I asked him. I said, "Well, what do you think? How did he was telling me about the new whatever it was they were testing in his market?" And he said, uh, "I asked him, how does it taste? He said, I don't know. Chickens for selling, not for eating." <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And, you know, a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about the uh, KFC birthday for yes. the uh, 30-year-old woman. Yes. 
as long as we're going to have a th- restaurant theme, you know, <laughs> we'll just double down and go to Pennsylvania to this restaurant. Yeah, the owners of a Pennsylvania restaurant said employees had a scare when a deer crashed through the front window of the business and ran loose through the dining area. The owners of the Blue and Gray Bar and Grill in Gettysburg said employees were inside the business when the deer crashed through the window at about 8.45 a.m. Monday. Some of the workers were able to subdue the animal, while others summoned Gettysburg police and U.S. National Park Service personnel to the scene. The responders were able to secure the deer and load it into the back of a pickup truck for transport out of town, where it was released. The okay. owner said the only only the window sustained uh, some significant damage. Nobody was hurt. Where do you, who do you sue for that one? I'm thinking though, based on the deer crashing through there, knowing the deer probably got scared. I'm thinking right. they might change the name from the Blue and Gray Bar and Grill to the Blue, Gray, and Brown Bar and Grill. You know, because, oh, no. <laughs> and it was just I'm blaming the antelope because it's where yeah. the deer and the antelope play. And I don't <laughs> see anything it? in here about antelope, Mark. This is racism. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm thinking this deer is out in the woods, wherever they let it go, thinking, you know, I heard the place was great for breakfast, but I hate the service. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, we've gotten to this point of, um, <laughs> it's almost like, you can't say anything without offending somebody. You right, know, yeah. Somebody's going to take offense. They, yeah. People are looking for a reason to be offended. Yep. And it reminds us of our Brad Stein, who is a brilliant comedian. Mm. And uh, I actually, by the way, I meant to tell you, I shared his, uh, it's, a, it's a testimonial to a degree, but he's on stage and he's sharing what it was like to give up on his dream. So he thought uh, when he decided to leave Southern California and move to Nashville because yeah. he felt like that's what God was telling him to do. And uh, it's a great thing. It's posted on my personal page, my Dave Mac Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And just go watch it because it's all about how God just is such an amazing God. You know, he's just mm-hmm. yeah. so amazing what he does. And and Brad just, just by telling his own story, it's not just relatable, but it means something to believers. And I would hope non-believers alike that, you know, you never give up. But anyway, yeah, I'm so glad you turned me on to him, you know, as mm-hmm. a comedian. Uh, because he is, Brad Stein is brilliant. And, uh, he had a whole album called put a helmet on, right. which, you yeah. know, at the time it was kind of funny, you know, but now it's like, wow. I mean, can you imagine Mark uh-huh. with the, what? Oh yeah. How do you do stand up now? I mean, for real, yeah. it's, it's starting to take a turn because, uh, yeah. because the you know, the audience audiences are getting fed up with the, the people who are offended by everything. And, Right. They're, they're wanting their comics back and it's, and, yeah. and it's happening. I, there are people out there and th- there's a lot of this, <laughs> probably 98% of comedy is not family friendly. Let's just be honest. Right. You know, but the, mm-hmm. uh, the thing is that it, it had gotten to the point where, especially college campuses, you just couldn't go there. You just yeah. couldn't as a comic because, because the, the socially, the social justice yeah. movement and the wokeism mm-hmm. and all of these people who, who just decided that they are the arbiters of what is decent and proper and right in society yeah. just make it impossible to just observe the absurd and yeah. to joke about it, you know? Oh, but it is, it is taking a turn. It is taking a turn because there are those out there, people like Dave Chappelle and, and others yeah. like him who are just, just calling, you know, calling the shots as they see them and, 
saying, mm-hmm. hey, well, that's the way it is. And not taking the, the you know, not taking anything off of these people. It's starting right. to turn back around again. But it is tough. And Brad is Brad Stein has been he's been kind of an observer and well, all comics really are, but he kind of observes the the lunacy that is leftism and wokeism and has been for as long as we've known about him. Yeah. You know? Uh, political correctness. He he's uh, he has sworn for decades that he is the enemy of political correctness, yeah. and and he has stood by that. And so he's 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 constantly on the road, constantly going to places, doing little shows, and talking about the state of affairs in America, and tying it all to debt back to faith, which is mm-hmm. which is a brilliant thing that he does. Which is why he's a brilliant comic because right. it always comes back to his faith. Always. The thing that bothers me, though, Mark, and, and it, it's why I decided I didn't want to do talk radio anymore. Yeah. Um, because the truth doesn't matter. You know, there's an entire group of people yeah. in the United States, and I mean, I'm sure it's around the world, but just using our people. But there, there are people that really don't care about the truth, only their agenda. Right. And if you're not of that ilk, okay, it's kind of like um, money, okay, when, when people talk about misreading the Bible uh, about the difference between, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, Mm -hmm. it's the love of money. Right. And you don't understand that until you truly, until you have met somebody and dealt with somebody who truly is greedy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you meet that person, you will know the difference between somebody who is owned by money versus somebody who has a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, too time, too many times they get lumped together. You know, that all people who have a lot of money are just greedy. No, there's a big difference. Yeah. I've only seen it in a couple of people, but one in particular, when I saw it happen, Mark, freaked me out. Right. Yeah. But the liberal left, and I'm just going to throw that out there because it's so much like what it used to, you and I used to deal with, with the, in the far right-hand corner of the box of religious mm-hmm. people. Yeah. They don't care about the truth. Right. It's only their agenda. Yeah. And I, I just, for the life of me, yeah. I can't and, do it anymore. And what offends them. Yeah. That's, that's. Yep. Yeah, I was I just, just thinking can't. when we started talking about this, it reminded me about the very beginning days when we first got together, uh, and and yeah. how uh, the super, the super, uh, the the extremely religious element of the audience mm-hmm. were offended by everything we said. Yep, and we were just we're just mm-hmm. a couple of guys living life as as people as people of faith and observing life and and enjoying the absurdities. And yep. oh, you can't talk about you. That's awful. That's all oh, well. Yep. And they, and they would come back at us with, well, you know, there's, you know, the Bible says you shouldn't do cor- course jesting. And when uh. you read that in context, it's like, that's not what this means at all. Yep. But thanks for trying. Please. God mm-hmm. bless you. Try again next week. Got some great parting. See the lady here. at the front desk with the big hair right. for your check. Don't let the wow. door hit you on the way out. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just say that is rude. And anyway, mm-hmm. the bottom line is that we are in a world now where when you read things in the news and you mm. see it and you realize that the truth doesn't matter. It, and I believe right. that we live in a, I believe we are free, you know, you mm-hmm. believe what you want. I don't care. Right. But you're not allowed to do that. The mm-hmm. left, the LGBTQIA community that has, you know, really taken charge of the Democrat party in reality, you, you don't get to be a Christian to them because yeah. if you're a Christian, you are uh, misogynistic, you're homophobic, mm, yeah. you're racist, you're yeah. violent, you're all these horrible things that they put on, and, and to them, perfectly fine to call you that. But you can't call them what they are right? because then they're offended. You're just not tolerant. Right. Well, who's really not tolerant? Mm-hmm. The person screaming at me for believing in God? 
for me being a follower of Jesus, I'm yeah. the evil one. I mean, if you really break it down, friends, you guys are the ones that are out there, you know, not mm. me. Yep. But the thing is, it's not okay. It's not okay to say it's between you and God. It doesn't affect me. You know, I love you because I'm supposed to. Mm. I do love all. I, I love you, but you're wrong. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and here's your headline jim defends controversial billboard this is what got me started a few minutes ago right just so you know it was this headline (laughs) ollie lawrence he owns the pt factory gym in the uk he says his billboard was meant to be a lighthearted joke when he put it up on december 5th he's received some complaints and someone even decided to throw yellow paint across the billboard monday the vandalism was accompanied by a message which reads, this is bad mental, which Ollie says is a step too far. He said, I couldn't believe it. It was just a lighthearted joke. It wasn't our intention to offend anybody. The billboard asks people if they're tired of being fat and ugly. <laughs> wow. He, he claims most people have reacted positively to the ad and hoped it would re- attract attention and put a smile on people's faces. He says, I, I wouldn't have put it up. Otherwise we spoke to a lot of people beforehand and 99% have seen it for what it is a joke. We've had thousands oh, really? of comments saying how brilliant it is. We've had about eight <laughs> or nine complaints. And unfortunately someone has done what they have done. Wow. He says there's nothing malicious in it. That's not who we are as a business. We wanted to get a funny line out there and try to get out our personality across. How do you do that on a billboard? Well, we're really a friendly gym. The eight people who have complained don't actually know me as a person. Time for you to turn yourself from a Frankenstein into a Frankenfine. (laughs) Are you tired of being fat and ugly? (laughs) That's the dodgeball commercial at the very beginning of the movie. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Not only am I, you know, um, what is it? Not only am I the owner, but I'm also a client. That's me. Six years and 600 pounds ago. You know, or whatever. Wow, yes. Yeah. So just watch that. I mean, I, nobody has a sense of humor anymore. That's all. That's true. In reality, yeah. why do you go to a gym? You know, mm-hmm. why? Yeah. To what? Make yourself look better, feel better? What is it? Yeah, exactly. But th- we live in this culture that has decided to embrace an unhealthy lifestyle. The, right. the being overweight now yeah. um if you know me if you've met me in person in the last <laughs> year or so <laughs> you know that if i make fun of somebody who's fat i'm pointing back at myself too okay because i'm a big guy right but and and i have always been the guinea pig for every diet client we've had advertised on the show i've been the guy Man. And I have lost hundreds of pounds and gained hundreds of pounds back, okay, (laughs) (laughs) over the years. But the thing is, I have a sense of humor about it. I can poke fun at myself. But today, we have this mentality in in some parts of our society that – that that it's not unhealthy. No, the doctors are wrong. It's not unhealthy. I'm this is I'm I'm beautiful the way I am. Really? Medical science disagrees with you. And, and medical your mom was wrong. And yeah, he, mama was wrong. <laughs> but the medical science has has told us over the years you can't carry a, more than a certain amount of weight, and if you do, it puts a strain on your heart. It puts a strain on your entire system, and you may be fine right now, but in a few years, it's going to take its toll. 
and uh, <laughs> you're shortening your life. So you need to do something yeah. about it. There you go. Mm-hmm. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I meant to tell you this and I apologize for forgetting, but, um, I, when I was doing my, my other stuff that I do, um, mm-hmm. we, uh, okay. <laughs> I work with the Nancy Gray show with crime right. stories, with Nancy Grace. Okay. Right. And yeah. when we have everybody, uh, on the show before we start taping, sometimes there'll be a conversation. And if we're having a problem, like the other day, we we're having a problem with the camera setup with Fox mm-hmm. in New York. And, yeah. Um, Jackie was like, Dave, entertain everybody for a minute. Cause we, <laughs> this is going to take him. And so, Oh, that could well, be dangerous. <laughs> I, it is, but we got to, you know, we get talking because a, I've known, I've been on the show with these people, a lot of them for many, many years. Mm. And it's just, it's funny how you do get to know people. And, um, it on this one panel. Okay. It, it was, I have known the people on the panel I've known for more than five years, all of them. And I asked him, I noticed that, uh, Joe Scott Morgan, who, is a professor at JSU, uh, forensics expert and all that, that he was going to be on the Dr. Phil show that day. Um, his podcast has really taken off and, um, they've optioned and have actually filmed a pilot, uh, for his book that he wrote all of this in the last couple of months. Wow. Okay. Think about, I know. Um, and we had, uh, Bethany, um, who's a psychologist out in Beverly Hills. Uh, she is like the psychologist to the stars, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Bethany Marshall. And she is on this um, a, a TV show on Netflix. And anyway, as we got talking and we were like doing this roll call, I'm like, okay, how many of you, um, your first or second television appearance was on Nancy Grace? And it was everybody. Wow. And they have all developed careers over the last several years. And we're not talking about young people. We're talking about people who in their, became excellent in their career field, did not look for anything extra to happen. And now they've gone from whatever their career field was to a public persona after the age of 50 for most of them. Mm. And I just thought how odd it is that too many times in life we are actually, you know, conditioned that when we hit a certain age, we stop, you know, we just, we are what we are and that's it. When in reality, that's the time to go for it. You know, you've got the experience, you've got the knowledge, you've learned the political, you know, hand grenades of life. Now's the time you let it shine. If that's what you want to do, you still can. And I looked at that and I was like, how many of you thought 10 years ago, this is where you would be. And this is what you would be doing. And it was like, none of them. And wow, yet yeah. here we go. And I thought how exciting it is. This is the proof that I've been preaching forever. And there it is, you know? So wow. kudos to all of us. that are now getting a little long in the tooth, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Which, by the way, long in the tooth is a horrible thing because actually as you age, your ears and nose get bigger, your teeth get smaller. <laughs> but but if your gums recede, hello. <laughs> Liferadio.fm, it's the Mark and Mac show. <clears throat> you know, Mark, uh, police force entry to help woman. Mm-hmm. Police force entry entry right to help woman right police force. they break police. they broke force into, entry yes the police yeah. forced entry yes <laughs> i just what? i'm looking at this from all the different you know punctuation is just such an important <laughs> thing in life you know and i'm i, I sometimes it, it, i know what it means okay mm, right. but i'm looking at it going how many different ways could we do this just to mess with somebody you know <laughs> and it's like 
I mean, you get that new employee that's trying to show off, you know, and all that. Right, and yeah. You could trip him up with something. I'm just thinking, I would, okay. Could, I got yeah, you. Yeah, I'm just, in my little twisted head, I'm going, I'm going to mess with her mm-hmm. so bad today. Right. This is going out. All right. Okay. Anyway, well, these two, tell me what it is. Two police officers in central London pass by a uh, Soho's Laz Emporium, a kind of a pricey yeah. joint, and they see a woman slumped over a table. And so they forced entry or broke into the emporium to help yeah. her. You're right. Because they see she slumped over. Oh, something's wrong. But it turns out the woman was actually made of packing tape and foam filler. It was a lifelike sculpture, a, <laughs> a, a depiction of gallery owner, Steve, uh, Lazarita's sister, Christina with her head in a bowl of soup. <laughs> they thought this woman slumped over with her face in a bowl of soup. He commissioned the piece from his friend, an artist here in the U.S. named Mark Jenkins, who makes provocative street sculptures. Jenkins has previously made a floating body sculpture in an Amsterdam canal, which also prompted various emergency service call-outs. I love it. Oh, my gosh, this is too fun. I feel bad for the police, but, you know, it's still funny, man. This is the upscale version of the guy hanging from the gutter doing your Christmas decorations. You know, that's that's what this is. There you go. Or the guy hanging from the billboard. Mm -hmm. Yes. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and i told but during the music i was talking to mark about the the 3d pictures that people paint on the streets and yeah, stuff yeah and like they they're just amazing you know what people are capable of doing with a pen and paper you right, know, or a yeah, pencil yeah it really is remarkable because i can't understand having well talent in anything but you know with that being it's able like, to see things from that perspective you know, yeah. being able to know how to draw that on a sidewalk or, or wherever so that when mm-hmm. you look at it from over there, it looks like a giant hole or right. the Grand Canyon or something like that. Yeah. It's just, it's just amazing. Just amazing. To it me. is. It's such a gift, you know, and I, but then Mark goes, you got to check out these billboards they've got in Japan. And so I did, I look at it and I'm like, oh my word, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, there are so many really cool things that, mm-hmm. you know, just. They boggle the mind, and I'm like, "All right, so I want a 3D T-shirt. I want to, you know, I want to get somebody to do a Mark and Mac 3D T-shirt that we could sell. You know, like because uh, okay. just to get break, just to break even. I'm out of profit. I just think it would be so cool to have like a 3D drawing of a studio, but down in a hole. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and, ha- and where or a T-shirt that shows you like um embedded on your heart. You know, is like a tiny thing of wow. Mark and Mac show logo or something. That's you funny. know, yeah, so. You know, you're walking down the street and people are going, dude, it's cut open. Holy moly. You know? <laughs> I think that'd be fun. If you wear that while you're, uh, you're riding your hoverboard, that's double yes. cool. Yes. <laughs> Just remember, <laughs> do not post pictures of you on that hoverboard because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know how the moms get. Yes. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. going to go get, I'm going, I'm not kidding, man. Area 51. <laughs> yeah. You know, right, Patterson, where they had all the UFO stuff. I know that's where they've got the actual hoverboards uh-huh. used in Back to the Future too. I'm getting one. I that you know, at 2023 mark is the year we get we you and me. Well, okay, I get the hoverboard because mm-hmm. you don't believe they exist, right? Oh, I don't. I know. I haven't denied that they exist. Oh, okay. No, I haven't. I just denied the kind you think exists exist. <laughs> Fine. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hear this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on liferadio.fm.